0: i'm sarah tasker i'm jen carrington and this is letters from a hopeful creative
1: hi sarah hi jen i'm gonna now pretend that we haven't been speaking for the past two hours
0: (laughs) (laughs) hello nice to talk to you (laughs)
1: I already know how you're doing because we've just caught up, but I know we said in the last episode that we would kind of, because we're living in crazy times, we would kind of open them with sharing how we're doing. How have you been doing since we last recorded two weeks ago?
0: Oh, <laughs> um, I've been okay. Like, we're all safe and well, but battling this feeling like I'm spinning far too many plates. Like, no one ever spins plates anymore. You used to see that all the time on Blue Peter. <laughs> Nobody spins plates anymore, but hopefully people still get the metaphor And so there's like the parenting plate and all of the different business plates and the marriage plate and like the making sure there's food in the house plate. And I'm just feeling so frazzled by it all, which I suspect is exactly how the majority of people are feeling right Mm -hmm. now.
1: Do you not find that as well? Like it's up and down. Yes. Like you have days where you're like, I can do this. And then the next day you're like, I just need, like for me, I'm embarrassed about what I say, but like, I just want a (laughs) McDonald's. Like yesterday, Krispy Kreme came back online on Deliveroo and I actually screamed, (laughs) air pumped, like the air, and ordered some Krispy Kreme. It's
0: beautiful. What a gift for yourself. And I only
1: like ate one because like... (laughs) i was i didn't it was just like and that every day i'm just like i can't wait till i wake up and the news is that mcdonald's is available for delivery
0: (laughs) well spare a thought for those of us in non-delivery areas i know i'm sorry but papa john's have just started delivering pizza to our area they never did before (gasps) so one small good thing has come out of coronavirus
1: Amazing. My, like, all my Chinese is, like, I love Chinese food. It's my, like, vice. Have all shut up. And mm-hmm. the only one that's open nearby has a terrible hygiene rating, anyway. <laughs> so I'm just like, I've not had Chinese food. And, like, I, I can't even talk about it. I'm just really sad about how long it's been since I've had sweet and sour chicken from the takeaway. So, um yeah, food, apparently, food's on my mind a
0: lot this well, week. Well, <laughs> first world problems. But like these are the things that keep us going, right? And I think that's what's really hard about lockdown is we're kind of they've stripped away all of our vices and our coping mechanisms and the things we use to distract ourselves. So we're very confronted by the reality of our lives.
1: Yeah something I did want to share is do you remember the first and I'm saying do you remember to you and the listeners <laughs> do you remember the first episode we recorded when we came back with the coronavirus episode mm. and we talked about the selling episode yeah and I you were kind of in a place where you were selling and I wasn't selling at that point and so I was like feeling quite chilled and then I recently put on sale like a new like mini class it's an evergreen product so there's not like been like a big launch window waiting for new still- clients. Yeah, so, my, so it was a class I used to run live a few years ago, and then now I've turned it into like a self-guided, like I've completely rejigged the whole thing. But I had to sell it. <laughs> and I was like, I've got this, I've got this down. The night before, I was sitting there going, I need to delete the sales email. <laughs> <laughs> I had a panic. And I, I, and I felt in that moment so much empathy for like, the letter writer who sent us that letter, for you, like it was that moment where you're confronted with, it's always scary to sell. But it's especially scary to sell because I don't know, for me, I was really reflecting when we recorded that selling episode and I realised for me, the selling anxiety for me comes from a place of not wanting to take up space. I don't really struggle with the shame side. It's more just like, am I worthy of taking up that space? And maybe that is related to shame. It probably is. Everything is. But I sold it, I I put it on sale, I sent out the email and I was like, I'm going to get so many people saying they hate me and just, (laughs) I did it, I survived. And it felt really good and it felt really good for the reason you said it felt really good. It's when the people say, thank you, I need this right now. Yeah. Thank you for putting this available, make this available to me. Nothing bad happened. Like I felt good to be like taking that kind of proactive action in my business. It felt good. I had that sitting on my computer for like six months ready to go. (laughs) It felt good just to do something so I'm sharing this just to say as like a follow-up to the selling conversation in like yes we have to like I chose to put like a discounted price on it for now because I wanted to do something to be mindful of the time that we're in and I wanted to make it as accessible as I could but like so yes we have to sell be mindful at the time that we're in but I just wanted to say like we can do this we can survive this and it feels good to just do the work we want to do in the world yes. so if anyone's still struggling with the selling thing i just wanted to share that because i feel i feel better for doing it yeah. that, did you feel like that after putting yours on top totally
0: because i i think for both of us like it was something we'd yeah. already planned and we were in integrity with ourselves by doing it it's not like we'd gone mm-hmm. hmm this is a good opportunity to make some cash from people <laughs> which would have felt awful And so that resistance and that fear and that shame and whatever else wasn't true. Like it was coming up, but it wasn't true for us and for what we were doing. So you do, the other side of it is relief and also kind of relief in the sense that you're like, oh, so it is still possible. Like if this lockdown continues or if life continues to be different for the, you know, for the long-term future for a while, I can still show up and my business does still work and people still like want to hear from me.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's just hitting send. Or, like, not letting the fear make you unschedule the email. Yes. <laughs> but it was it was humbling to be faced with my own... Like, I felt like I did six years ago in that moment. Yeah. I've never sold anything before. Like, it, it was honestly really humbling to be back in that place and just be like, oh, this never goes away. And so I say that also, like, if you're scared, it never goes away. But... um You just have to like do it and then as long as you're taking action from a place of integrity because fear doesn't mean that you're not taking action from a place of integrity it just means that it's scary to take up space in the world then you do it and then you feel better and then you just feel like you're living in the business and like there's a great feeling when people say because I work so intensely with clients one-on-one so I'm getting a lot of that feedback and we're in it together every week but there was something really special about creating something putting it out there into the world no more energy on my yes. part to have to help anyone and then they take it and then having the feedback that people have found it helpful just I don't know because I don't get that kind of energy in my business because I'm always doing one-on-one work it was really nice to know oh I can just create something and be of value in a more accessible way so yeah anyone else I guess who does mostly one-on-one work that's also a nice reminder of, oh, that's not the only way we can be of service. Sorry, Sarah, I feel like I kept talking when you were going to say something. What were you going to say? No,
0: no, it was all good. I think I was going to say, I have this theory about all the hard things in life that they are like, is it like the platform video games? It's been so long since I've played a computer (laughs) game. But you know, the ones where like, basically, it's the same thing. Once you've mastered the basic skills of like the jumping and they're getting coins and the running, the levels just get harder. And it's the same skill set and eventually like you progress and you finish the game and if you go back to that round one you're like this is so easy how did Mm -hmm. I ever find this hard because you're just practicing the same things over and over and over and that is like life in a nutshell (laughs) for me so like the selling is hard on level one and it's just as hard on level two and then you get to level 10 and you can look back and be like oh well that was just level one that's so easy now but it feels the same amount of hard every time
1: yeah it's interesting how this might not resonate with everyone it probably really depends what type of business you're running but like it does kind of feel business as usual for me in terms of my weeks haven't changed that much and the decisions I'm making and that's because I'm I have a digital business so nothing's stopping me being able to deliver the work that I do like I haven't had to make any changes but I guess I'm surprised at how much my days my work days feel normal also caveat like I don't have any children at home (laughs) So like it's very different for you Sarah because you've got a kid at home who used to be in school at this time. So I think there's also a level of just like the way my life is built looks like that. Yeah. But yeah I'm, I think I've been surprised at how much I have been able to find a sense of normalcy. Then it's when I put the news on.
0: Hmm. You're reminded it's not normal. Yeah or and I want a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting because hearing you describe how like your days aren't that different apart from the obvious. It's I started out with the attitude of like, well, this won't be any different. Like, how Mm. could this be any different? It's just like school holidays when all is at home. And then couldn't understand why I was struggling so much
1: Mm.
0: because I was like, it's just a small change. Like it's just an extra person in the house. But what I've kind of realized is that small change sets off lots and lots of other changes Mm. for us here. So all the being here and also in the holidays, normally like Rory would be taking her out places. So that's not happening. So, There's a lot more noise and distraction in the house, which I have ADHD. So that on its own is huge. There's a lot more emotions to manage. There's all of her emotions and all of her needs. Then there's Rory's emotions and needs because he's spending all of his time looking after her. And then there's my emotions and needs because I'm trying to run a business during this time and take care of both of them. And asking myself to do as much as I always do and wondering why I can't. So even though it's been a small change for me, that's had like such a ripple effect that it's meant I've had to make some bigger changes. So I guess it's kind of like, just to say to anyone, like wherever you're at, it could be that you think, well, nothing has changed. Why am I finding this so hard? But even just mm. knowing what's going on in the world can be such a huge distraction for some people.
1: Yeah. It's it's really clear to me how our individual circumstances are shaping our experience of this. Also, I think the hardest thing right now is not knowing when it's over. Like we Naturally, as human beings, we live with the future in mind. That holiday, that trip, that experience, like this thing's happening now and then that's just been taken away from us. And I think there's this like the open-endedness. I think I'm I'm picking up from a lot of my clients like that is what a lot of people are struggling with is just they know they can cope with this. It's just like, but when does it end? Mm. There's there's something about the calendar just being like question mark question mark question mark question mark, and then I think our individual circumstances in just in terms of like our family setups and like. Because like if you're used to working from home and now your partner's furloughed and at home too and you just don't know how the hell to shut your space because you're not used to that, that's going to be throwing such a spanner in the works. Now on the flip side, you've probably got some people who didn't used to get that much time with their partner and are now really happy to have extended time because it's just working in their setup. Like we're all responding to our own individual circumstances and it's, it's some days are good, some days are bad, but yeah, it's just it's crazy, nothing could have prepared us for this. And I definitely get the impression that kids at home just adds an, it just adds an extra person's emotional needs to take care of. And I'm very aware that I don't have that
0: right now. And all of those emotional needs are heightened because everyone's emotions right now are heightened. Yeah. So yeah, I guess to any parents out there who are struggling, like be compassionate with yourself. Jen, do you want to share your news? <laughs> well, this is what I was, so
1: I think the reason I'm kind of doing okay is because some of you all know this because I shared it recently like I am expecting my first baby in October so it's I've been thinking about this a lot because I keep saying to my husband I'm like why are we doing so okay because being pregnant in a pandemic is petrifying in many ways and like and and you're you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what the services are going to look like but I keep thinking like Oh, we you know, touch wood, if all continues to go well with this pregnancy, we know that in October this big thing's happening and lockdown or no lockdown, this baby's gonna come out into the world. And I actually think there's a little bit of peace in that because usually I spend my years being like, Well, we have this trip coming up or this occasion coming up. Or or even
0: this big launch or something that you can stick a pin in the calendar. There's comfort there's comfort there's a there's a it's false
1: still but there is a sense of control in that. Like I've got like so many friends who are due to get married this year and I just have so much empathy of just imagine if you just have no idea if that's going to happen or yeah. not. It's hard. So I I think I'm in a I think I'm in a bubble. I think I'm in a little bit of like and also um me and my husband we had to do IVF to get pregnant so I think we're in this extra like I didn't know I'd ever get pregnant bubble. It's kind of and obviously you throw in all the like the anxiety and the unknown there but I probably have to put a caveat here of like my mindset is probably being shaped by the fact that I'm in this like baby bubble in my own little mind of just this big life-changing thing I've wanted for so long is hopefully going to happen this year. So I think that's probably padding out the experience for me a little bit, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you. And what a beautiful gift. Look at your baby already bringing beautiful gifts to your life. And I have to say thank
1: you. Sarah has held my hand the whole way of not getting pregnant and then doing IVF and taking a break from this podcast when i just couldn't cope so yeah the friends are golden in this world i would say okay we could talk for hours but everyone's probably listening because they've seen the title of the episode yes (laughs) shall i read out today's question yes please do today's letter writer is asked to be kept anonymous and they have shared dear sarah and jen thank you so much for taking the time to create the podcast during this time it's wonderful to have normal elements during this not normal time I'm writing with this in mind. Had not normal not happened, I probably would never have gotten to this point. Thirteen years ago, I had my first child, and soon after, left my controlling and unhappy marriage. Since then, I have started my business, remarried, had another child, and live in a stable relationship, which is all wonderful, and I'm grateful. But the last 13 years have felt rushed and intense, and this lockdown pause has genuinely felt like the first chance I've had to catch my breath for literally years. I've cleared so many domestic chores that have been on the list, and I feel so much pressure has been relieved in just three weeks. I've worked hard and achieved in my business and relationships and started an additional business late last year that up to the point of lockdown was moving quite nicely forwards. However, the lockdown has provided a strange chance to reset. I have loved having time with my children to walk, talk, craft, making space for me. And they have put in brackets that they have resumed exercise for the first time in 13 years, made creative pieces for pleasure, not for profit, caught up on trash TV that they've never time to see. I just feel the most like me than I have done before since I had children the truth is I now fear going back to the stress and pressure of life before so my question is this how do I steer the businesses that I've worked hard to grow and I'm proud of into a new phase where I can enjoy my home and family life without feeling the guilt and pressure of not being 100% present for the business I fear returning to my life the way it was before but I'm not sure how to
0: change it I'm so glad you chose this letter because it's kind of the opposite angle to a lot of the things that we've tackled before. Like normally it's, how do I grow my business? How do I make it bigger? And this is kind of the opposite. Like, how do I make it less dominating in my life?
1: Also from like a very selfish point of view, this is like my favorite question ever to ask, to explore, to dive into. Like, yes, there's there's the layers of like building a business and like all that negative stuff. And if we don't dive into that, then nothing happens but my 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 favorite juiciest place to be and it's probably because I live this so much in my own journey is just once you've built the thing how do you make the thing like really work for you like how do you and it's and it's she said it really interestingly at the end because she said how do I do this without feeling the guilt and pressure of not being 100% present for the business and it reminded me that you get to a certain level in business where you have a certain level of power and I, I'm, I'm only saying power because I can't think of a better word and what I mean by that is you have choices because you have some stability and you have some capital or something in the business where you can make decisions more than just survival but the hardest thing in the world is stepping out of survival mode because for many years in a business you are in survival mode you're just seeing can I make this work and sometimes things get sacrificed to make it work and a caveat if you're in that stage of trying to make it work and have to be sacrificed. The thing I encourage my clients is, I'm like, you get to choose what be what is sacrificed. Like. It may be something you sacrifice is that you don't go on any holidays for a year so you can fund more of your business or to take a pay cut. But what you don't sacrifice is your health and you still make space to take care of you. Like sacrifice is still something we can choose in some capacity, which is a way I like to frame it when it feels a bit hard to do that. But when you get to this place where you're no longer in survival mode, it's really hard to mentally step out of survival mode because many times I work with business owners who are asking some version of this question, like how do I build my business into something more joyful and stress-free? And the truth is they already have all the ability to do so, the pi- the piece that's missing is giving themselves permission to do so. What do you
0: think? Completely. It's, it's so fascinating because it sounds like in theory you need to change the circumstances. Like that's what's happened here. Her circumstances have changed because of lockdown and suddenly she's feeling all of these different feelings. But it's not the circumstances changing that's changed her feelings. It's her thoughts changing mm. that's changed her feelings. And she can continue to change her thoughts after lockdown finishes. Like we all, can we get to choose the mindset we bring into our business. But it's really hard. Like you say, that survival mode. And I think it's interesting. She talked about she had a young child. It was a really difficult controlling marriage. So she, it sounds like she's been in survival mode on all fronts. And our mm. brains and our bodies get very good at kind of living in that fight or flight, stress response, kind of firefighting mindset. And It's amazing what you can do from that place. But it's not good for you as a, as a whole-rounded human, and I don't think it's very good for our health long-term either.
1: I don't know. I think we think it's radical to build our lives in a way that... My mantra for myself is, like, my business orbits my life, not the other way around. Yeah. So, like, I think a lot of the time we're socialised, I think, that careers and business especially is, like, the centre of the universe and everything else has to work around it. And opting out of that and going, like, no, my life and my family and my joy and my you know, personal experience as a human being, that comes first and business has to work with that and facilitate that. It's not taking any pieces that I'm not, like, it's going to take my time and my energy and my focus, but I'm not letting it take pieces that I'm not willing to give up and I think we think that's quite radical and therefore something that we, like, too risky to do, but I... I don't know about you like I feel most at home in this version of my life and I think we have to put a caveat here of like privilege enables this like privilege gives us choices privilege gives us access to different things so I'm talking from a very privileged place that I've been able to build my life in this way but if sounds like today's letter writer is in that position where they have those options available to them right now and it sounds like you know she should be really proud of of how she's rebuilt her life in the face of something hard and like just, you know, raising children and building a business, like neither of them are easy alone (laughs) to do them together is like, I mean, so she should, you know, not that we have to earn the right to live the life we want to live, but I think there's something about, you climb a mountain and you get to be like, wow, I did this. And I think, you know, if today's letter writer hasn't had that moment, they should. I think everyone listening to this should because we've all climbed some mountains in our lives. Yes. But but yeah, I think we think it's radical. This isn't the thing that's modelled to us. No one in school says to us, think about the life you want to live and then build everything else around that.
0: (laughs) It is radical. In like a capitalist society, it is a radical act to not choose to make as much money as you can at the expense of everything else. That is what the system kind of depends on us doing and I think it's really interesting that we're in this time of lockdown and people are really having to see the big flaws in the stage of capitalism that we're Mm. at and actually that some element of more socialist or just more human policies and systems is a good thing and so Like one of the bits of feedback I get the most from when I talk about my business is that it inspires people to realize that they don't have to do it via the kind of traditional Richard Branson shoulder pads Mm -hmm. and glass offices. Like there are other options available. We get to choose what we want our lives to look like. And that can't just be about money and business.
1: Yeah. And also you get to hold the two at the same time. So, like, I was thinking about today's life, right? I was like, okay, if I had, like, an hour with them and I could tell them what to do, I can encourage them to see what to do next, I would be like, the first step is to get really clear on the specifics of what the life is you want to be living. So the first piece of that is, like, how will you spend and fill your days? Like, what will you prioritise and make space for? And obviously that sounds like time with her family and making space for her and the things that matter to her and then it's like okay and then so how does work fit into that so how much will you work how will you spend those hours working and then there is a financial component where it's like you know unless we've got like unlimited gold pennies <laughs> like we all have to make money in some capacity so you ask yourself like how much do i need to earn for this to be sustainable for me and what would it look like to earn that in alignment with the way i want to live and the way i want to work so you can hold both at the same time. You can say, these are my life boundaries, and these are my financial goals, and how can I build them in alignment with each other? And I think we've been made to feel like we have to choose one or the other sometimes. And again, a lot of privilege, and also in business, a lot of luck goes into this, I think, of, you know, a lot of business happens, is just good timing, or just being in the arena long enough, like having the tenacity just to keep going. But it sounds like today's letter writer is in a position where they can make some choices, but they don't have to sacrifice one for the other and
0: it's just getting clear on what you need from both sides does that make sense? Totally and speaking from experience not that I've uh, ever struggled with any of this of course but um, there's a mindset piece to that too in that I could sit down and make a list of like how I want my week to look and say I want to play American Girl Dolls with Orla for an hour every day but a I don't actually want to do that. (laughs) I don't enjoy an hour of American girl dolls every day and I find it very hard to motivate myself to do that and B I don't still don't quite believe that's important enough somewhere deep down and I feel like a horrible human for saying that out loud because time with my daughter is one of the most important things I can do but there is a piece of me that will sit down to do that and will be like I could be doing this email I should be responding to that these things are more important and so I think it's making that plan but then also getting really clear on what are your priorities and what do you genuinely want because you're not going to stick to it until you really appreciate the value of all of those things that you've put down on the page so for me it might be like okay i won't put an hour of american girls i might put 15 minutes but then also like baking together once a week for an hour and that to me I can really connect to why that's important I can feel how that improves our relationship and I know I'm going to stick to it so it's also quite realistic
1: well I think that's what's beautiful for today's letter writer about what this lockdown has given her because she's she's reconnected with things like walking talking craft um exercising creative pieces for pleasure catching up on trash tv which is my favorite side hobby too like what she has been given is actual genuine insight into what is true for her because maybe yeah. because the stories she could like right now she, it would be impossible not to see what's true because what she's not enjoying
0: would be so clear yeah she's choosing it like she's been given the freedom to choose
1: I also do think at the heart of building a business in a life that is more aligned with what will truly bring you joy is a redefining at the heart of that many things that we've been socialized to believe so redefining what it means to be productive redefining what it means to spend time in a worthwhile way, redefining where we get our sense of self-worth. Like, I think if we're, we can't do that if we're still buying into other people's versions of all of those things, because we will be fueled by that, like still external markers. So I think, and this is the big emotional journey of this. You could be someone who's got a business that is so ready for you to, you know, rebuild it in a way that is just, have a lot more freedom and flexibility in it. But if you don't feel at home in yourself yet, if you still feel like the only way you have worth in the world is to work yourself into the ground, even if that doesn't feel enjoyable, even if that doesn't actually feel productive, that's the piece that has to be worked on before you give yourself permission to do the rest. So I think we have to be willing to question everything to get to the truth. Even the stories we tell ourselves that feel like the best of all stories. Does that make any sense?
0: Totally. Because what the lockdown situation provides, which is really unique is it's kind of taken away the alternative. So right now, it's like, for a lot of people, and I'm assuming this for a letter writer, but it could be different, but it sounds like she's not really got the option to work on her business much. Like, it doesn't need her in the same way. It's not making that demand on her. So her choice right now is between all these lovely things with her family or her business, which doesn't really need her. And that's an easier choice. Mm. When lockdown finishes, whatever that looks like, her choice is probably going to go back to my business, which is really important and defines me and needs me and my family. And that's a much, that's a harder choice because you're going to feel bad, whichever one you choose. Like there's a sacrifice required that's probably not required in the same way right now. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Completely. And how much of our narrative around running a successful business is being always available yeah. and always on and giving it everything and you know never taking a foot off the wheel and it's um I don't know, I would say that I nine times out of ten feel like I honour my desire for my business to orbit my life and not the other way around. And I think, you know, when people hear certain things about how I run my business, like how I take 18 weeks off a year and I don't think I've worked more than 20 hours a week. Like on average I'm working like 15 Hours a week to 20.
0: You're so good at this.
1: And I've really built my business to facilitate the kind of life I want to live in many ways. You know, there's, I'm going to put a caveat at the end of this to talk about something else. But I think the thing that really helped me here is redefining for myself what my business actually needed from me. Because it's really easy to build a business and find A lot of stability in the fact that my business needs me to do this, 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 and this. And the thing that I think has helped me the most in getting my business to function in that I've got like such a lean business in what it asks of me, I've made very intentional decisions in what I put on my plate and what I don't, is because I'm very clear on what my role is and I don't do any fluff around that. And I I think my health has been like the biggest... I have a permission slip that I don't have to look outside of myself. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, Like when your body needs more rest, you can't fight that. So I actually feel like the gift of having a chronic illness for me in many ways has been that it has given me more permission than I think I would have had beforehand to build the kind of life I want to live. It's given me like, they're just like, well, screw this. If I'm going to be in pain every day, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. But yeah, I think there's something about, I think the business-wise getting really clear on what your role is and what your role isn't because how much do many of us do a week that we don't actually need that doesn't actually move the needle at all in our business but we do it because everyone else is doing pinterest for two hours a week and everyone else is
0: doing you know replace pinterest of any of the 10 things this was a big motivator for me in making 15 minute magic because i would say the biggest gift my chronic illness has given me is i do not do something unless i can make sure it's going to have tangible results and I'm also not going to spend a lot of time on things so like to be able to be like okay well look I'm going to give it 15 minutes I'm going to do 15 minutes on Pinterest and then I'm going to check in on the results and if it didn't work out then I've only wasted 15 minutes and if it did work out then I've only invested 15 minutes like I do think everyone could afford to cut a lot of the noise from our businesses and I still think that's true probably for even me or you like it still happens because it comes up in the stuff that we kind of think is important and then later look back on and think, oh, I probably didn't need to do as much of that. Oh, yeah. But that's part of the learning curve of learning. Like, I hope by the time that we're, like, 70 and still doing this, we'll just have the most super lean, perfect businesses.
1: Well, because what that does is it gives you space to do more of what truly matters. I I like to think it as like a very minimal approach to business, like keeping what matters the most so you can do the work that matters most and then you can live the life that matters most. And I have to say, I wasn't able to make these kind of choices year one, year two. No, no. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Jen, I'm just trying to pay the bill, so shut the hell off. <laughs> like I get you. Here's the thing I always say to clients is build your business with the vision in mind for how you want to live your life. It's okay if it takes time to get there. But if you don't have in mind the kind of freedom you want to build for yourself you will not do anything to make that possible and the other thing is sometimes I I think the piece some people might be listening to this right now and they do see lots of potential in their business for more freedom and more joy and more flexibility and more space and time but there's a transition period to make that possible I've had that so many times in my business where I've got you know a certain amount of clients booked in and so my schedule set in stone in a certain way and I kind of want my schedule to be tweaked a little bit. And I can, so for example, from August, my schedule's changing. So I'm doing a little bit less coaching in the week just because energetically, I just want to be doing less and hopefully I'll be, be a mum come the autumn. But I decided to do that a year ago. A year ago, I was like, this is the change I want to make. And because I get booked up so far in advance, it's taken me a year to be able to make that change in my schedule. Now, that might sound really demotivating. (laughs) So I think having that ability to be like, sometimes change does take time because you've already made a commitment or it takes a bit of time just to tweak things and move things. And really, a business is something that is constantly being tweaked. So I just want to say for anyone listening, if you currently feel like, well, I can't make a change today, well, no one really can. But if you look ahead to what you want to be the next step of what's possible, at least you can be honest with yourself about when you can make that possible. And then you can start to make the changes. And a year from now or six months from now, when you can make that change, you're going to be so glad that you did, instead of just sitting in the fact that it feels hard to make a change. Does that
0: make sense? Definitely, definitely. And like, as I'm listening to you talk, what's really coming to my mind, and I, I don't know if, if this will resonate for you, Jen, but it might resonate for others. What lockdown has given us is this kind of, strange excuse. And so it's uh, for a lot of people I think it's the excuse we've been kind of hoping for to excuse ourselves from the parts of our business that mm. aren't serving us. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like a lot of people are like I can't handle all the customer service emails right now. So just accept like you get a lot of responses that say customer service emails, you know, we're only going to answer the priority ones or you know, like w- w- it's going to be like a two week delay on responding to customer service emails. Things like that that people would never normally give themselves permission to do mm. in their business. They're giving themselves permission now because they think they have an excuse with coronavirus. But what I think is really interesting is we always have the excuse. Yeah, yeah. Excuse is the wrong word because we always have the justification. Like you get to choose. So what I would urge anyone who is feeling the way our letter writer is right now and like looking at the lockdown life and seeing stuff they want to keep is get down on paper all of the thoughts you are believing right now about your business that you like so I don't have to respond to people straight away I only have to make enough money to make sure that we survive anything like it could be completely Mm -hmm. different to those kind of things but whatever is true for you right now that you're believing that is meaning you're able to enjoy this time and enjoy the time with your family, enjoy all that other stuff without worrying, because what's going to happen is we're going to come out of this time and probably most of us are going to fall back into our previous beliefs of people expect you have to be there. It's bad customer service if I don't, this, da, 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 and you're going to need to find a way to bridge yourself back to those thoughts you had before, because those thoughts are available to us all the time and it's harder to believe them when coronavirus isn't there offering us kind of a, a bit of backup.
1: Yeah I think that's beautiful advice and I think it's um it's permission right because yeah. it's you your business is not something happening outside of you you make every choice about what comes in and what goes out like I remember I was having a call with a client a few weeks ago and they were saying that they're working on the next novel and they were saying that emails coming in throughout the day is really setting them off track and I was like well do you have your inbox oh is this is this like the simplest thing and I was like do you have your inbox open at all times and they were like yeah and I was like why? And she, they were like, well, I just feel like I should respond. And I was like, well, do you have to? <laughs> and it's something as simple as not being available on email at all times, picking one time a day when they're going to respond to those emails, frees up hours and hours and hours of creative headspace. Yeah. And it's, we just think that because it's been done a certain way, that it has to be done that way. Because the truth is anything, here's the thing I see with business, there's free, there's free piles of tasks. There's the task that we love doing and it's the heart of what we do and it's where our magic happens. Tick box there. There's the tasks that we don't love that much, we don't, but they support the bigger vision of what we do love. So, like, Filing your taxes, never fun. Like <laughs> a lot of the times, like emails or like doing weird techie things, like never fun, but it facilitates the joy. So that box is a that box is the one where you're like, well, I can do it and get in a good headspace or I can outsource it. Then there's the last box of things that you don't enjoy and they don't actually facilitate the bigger vision of your business. You just do it because you've been told by some yes. business expert once to do it. That's the box that we all have permission to throw away. If we want to. And then the second box is we get to decide, okay, this is work. I'm willing to do this because I can get in a good mindset of how to do it, or we're going to outsource this. And then you get to spend more time doing the first box in
0: the hours you want to be working. And I think a lot of the stuff in the third box for a lot of people comes down to trying to control how we're perceived mm-hmm. or trying to control what other people think of us. And so it can it takes forever. It takes all of our time if we let it because you can never do enough of that. You'll never get to a point where you make everybody happy. So like recently, um, I've been outsourcing more and more of my emails to other members of my team. And so I'm at a point now where I reply to very few emails myself. And there, are, most people are absolutely fine with that. And like, I think people understand there's a few people who have still felt very entitled to me specifically, and they want my email response. And I've had to make peace with the idea that some people will be unhappy with that choice. But the other choice, the only other choice available to me is to be at the whim of what everybody else thinks and wants from me. And so I've made a very conscious choice that that's not what I want, that that doesn't serve my business, that doesn't serve me as a human. And I get to live that choice now instead of what I was doing before, which was kind of just doing it on autopilot because the emails would come in and I felt like a puppet that just had to respond.
1: Yeah. I realised this week I had, because um, I can now tell people that I'm pregnant because I've decided to tell people. And I was like saying how like in quarter one of this year I was really struggling health-wise. It's because, you know, IVF is a massive undertaking for a physical body and then you're pregnant and you're joyful but you're also I was throwing up every single day and I was finding business really hard not the not the actual work of sewing up with my clients but just like throwing up before you jump on a call and sometimes unfortunately throwing up on coaching mm. calls it was just I'd never dealt with that before and it's a very unique situation to early pregnancy I think or oh, unfortunately for a whole pregnancy if you get sickness the whole way through and these past couple of weeks because I'm like into the second trimester now and feeling better I got back to this place where I was like wow this work is such a privilege such a joy and I had this big realization this week or just a I guess a reminder of something I know to be true is like we think we've been told this lie that if you find something you love you'll never work again a day in your life hmm. and I think that's <laughs> complete and utter bull bullcrap I think the, the thing that I feel true is if you find something that feels like a privilege you will not resent the work that it takes to do that yeah. in the world And I think the thing to keep in mind here is the goal cannot be a business that feels perfect every day, that never feels hard, that never feels stressful, that never feels like it's asking too much of us. Because even if you, even though I've built my business so intentionally, When I was going through fertility treatment and, like, going to the clinic every day and having really invasive procedures, I was feeling pretty crappy when running my business in that time. I could still show up and give what I needed to give, but I was the one struggling in that time. Like, in the past when I've had seasons where I'm having horrific, like, flare-ups with my health... It is hard in that time. And sometimes when I'm just like tired or not feeling very creative, it's hard. But because I love my business and it feels like a privilege and because I've built my life to give me enough white space around that, I can do this and still understand why I'm doing it. So the goal can't be this is easy all the time because if you get one bad email of someone upset with you for something you did, that energy sits on you for a little bit. I think the goal has to be, is the life and business that I've built for myself aligned with the way I want to live and spend my days? And I think if if you can live as closely to that as possible and if the work feels like a privilege and a joy and it makes sense to you while you're doing it, I think that's the goal for me anyway. The goal isn't perfection because that's foolish to me. The goal is, am I aligned with what feels true to me? And am I being brave enough to give myself permission to really live the life I kind of want to live with the caveat? And I think this comes back to the bridging force that you mentioned, Sarah, is the permission I give myself grows in inches. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like the permission I give myself now is bigger than the permission I gave myself two years ago. But there's some things that I'm like, i'd like to do that but i just i've not grown into that permission and you can't just leap in because it would no. feel awful you can't fast forward so maybe today's letter writer When they go, when, you know, when business gets back to, I'm using bunny quotes, say normal, because who knows in this current situation when that is and what that looks like. And was
0: it normal before, really? Were we all just (laughs) living abnormally?
1: (laughs) Yes. I saw a tweet, someone shared a tweet this week, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like lockdown is a time to see how people are responding to the discovery that they were never as in control as they thought they were. And I was like, that is the truth. (laughs) Like, that is the truth. Maybe it's that you have the permission you can give yourself right now and I would encourage you if you're not stretching yourself a little bit you're not being honest because if you're just going with what feels comfortable you're probably going to say well I have to do these emails and I have to do this and I have to do that and that is a waste of time because that is you that's just you staying pretty much where you are probably allowing yourself one hour a day in the week to be happy if you know what I mean like you got to stretch yourself a little bit to be brave enough but it's okay if the first thing you allow yourself is one version of it and then as you live in more of that freedom you grow into more of the freedom we don't have to go from like working 40 hours a week to working two hours a week
0: (laughs) this is why I kind of love that coronavirus has given some of us this window of like very unique opportunity because our letter writer can make that list now of what she believes right now and she's going to look at that in however many months time when she's back in the thick of it with her business and find every single one of those thoughts impossible to believe but she knows then what she needs to work towards like we don't often get that I don't think like a try before you buy of, Mm. (laughs) of beliefs and thoughts about our business what you were saying about no business ever being perfect I think is so true and this is why the concept of the 50-50 I actually find really helpful I've talked about this before it's something I learned from Brooke Castillo where she talks about everything in life is 50-50 50% 50 good 50% bad and people hate it people get really mad at her for saying it and they're like can't it be 80-20 like (laughs) there's a lot of resistance to it which I get but if you believe that whatever you do in life you're gonna have 50% positive emotion and 50% negative emotion. You stop making your choices based on what you think is gonna make you feel better. You don't choose your business or the things that you do in your business based on how you're trying to feel. You, you're like, well, I'm gonna feel the same either way. So what do I wanna do? Like what's gonna actually give me something? What is the way I wanna to contribute to the world? What lights me up inside? And so I think letting go of the idea that you've got to try and find stuff that feels easy can be really helpful like if that's not helpful to you you can completely let go of it but for me I'm often now I'm like this is just the 50% this is just the bad 50% of having all of the good 50% of what I've chosen
1: yeah it reminds me of something I think about a lot is that we get to choose what stress and pressure we put on our plate in our business and what I mean by that for example when Sarah was sharing you know all the emails you get the customer service and like how you delegate them and all that stuff my brain's like I wouldn't even want to delegate that that sounds like hell I don't want to do that (laughs) so I very intentionally built a business where I don't have that capacity of work do you know what I mean yeah like there's certain things that I just don't want a piece of and it will be the same for you and I think we forget like we get to choose what stress and pressure we put on our plate so if you don't want to be dealing with a certain thing you don't have to build a business that
0: facilitates that certain type of stress and pressure totally but you can't opt out of all the stress and pressure no,
1: but if the stress and pressure makes sense to you and if you have strong 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 boundaries around your energy and time and if you're if you're radically prioritizing your energy and time it doesn't feel like stress and pressure it just feels like part of the job most days there will be some days when it feels like stress and pressure because that's just the reality of being a human and that's the I have really tried to not the thing I learned from having a really tough season just physically mentally in over like the past few months is I can't take my feelings as facts when I'm in crisis does mm-hmm. that make sense
0: yes well ever really feelings are never facts <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I can't get to the truth like I remember a few weeks ago I text a business friend and I was like I hate my business <laughs> I can't do it and it's because I'd thrown up like more times than I could count that day <laughs> mm. and it was just like okay my feelings aren't facts in the moment and when I'm finding things stressful and full of pressure, always like I I have to get back to the clarity and be like, wait, because the things that I honestly find stressful in my business, they're there for a reason. Yeah, like you, you chose know them. I chose them, and I and yes, business can't be easy, but I am really curious in how we can make business more easeful. And what I mean by that is we don't have to make things any harder than they need to be. Yes. So there's we can find different ways to allow more ease into the process, whether that's, I mean, boundaries are a beautiful part of this, you know, we all hate spending too much time in our inbox, that's a choice, it is a choice to be available at all times to people via email, it's a choice to um, not have certain structure around your schedule so that you feel like things are just being taken out of your control, like, we can bring more ease into the areas where we can alleviate some pressure. I always think about like, this is all about radical prioritization and boundaries. Like having boundaries that might even make you feel a bit uncomfortable, but that's the boundary. Like even something
0: like email, like, who says you have to reply in, let alone an hour, the first 24 hours? Do you know what right. I mean? And I'm glad you said it's a choice. I think there'll be some people who are like, no, but you don't understand in my business, I have to, or in my business, it's important. But it's still... A choice, And it could be like the best example I've got is like, you don't have to file your taxes every year. Like we choose to because the alternative is that we go to prison. That, <laughs> we don't want that choice. But that's the choice we make. We could be like, nah, take me to prison. That's fine. And so you could choose. I'm not going to reply to any of these emails and I'm just going to take whatever comes and take the impact on my business. You're not choosing that because the other choice feels better to you, which is writing all of those emails in in whatever time period. But then once you know that you're choosing and you kind of take responsibility for what you've created, that's when you start to be like, well, do I want to choose this or do I want to make other options available?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then it's prioritizing, right? It's being really clear on what is important to me for to fill my days. And I think, I don't know if it feels the same for you here, Sarah, I feel like in my business there's there's the things I do where I'm of service to others and that's how I make my living. Does that make sense? Yes. So my coaching hours every week, that is the number one priority in my business because those people are the ones who deserve the very best of me. Now, when you do one-on-one work, the, the challenge usually is, is that once you start to get booked up, you're then... The challenge is that you get lost in all of that because you're giving, giving, giving. And so what I've learned is as much as my clients have to get the very best version of me in the week, I need to make sure that there's enough space in the week for me to still feel like there's enough of me left for me. And that comes down to like being quite radical in how you prioritize your week. And it's, for me, it's simple. It's like, I only coach on certain days of the week. I only coach in certain hours. I protect over time. I'm very good at saying no to things I don't want to do. (laughs) And I'm very good at knowing the difference between what's dressed up as a good opportunity and what's not. And this is all just things that come back to knowing what's important to me and what isn't because we get to decide what goes in the schedule and I think we forget that sometimes that we get to decide how the schedule works and, and and then when you're like yeah but Jen I've got to make money then what you do is you say to yourself okay with the schedule I want to have for myself how can I make the money I want to make and very often the answer is not an answer that can be true now because yes. maybe it's that you need to develop new offerings to to facilitate some more income or you need to grow into increasing your prices and that has been the truth of how I built my business like every year I edge closer and closer to what feels like the vision I really want to have and I don't even get frustrated in that because that's just the reality of running a business but it's okay if it takes time the worst thing is if you say well that's not possible now screw it all what's the point because then nothing changes
0: you just might as well burn it to the ground.
1: Yeah, and also having a light at the end of the tunnel is really good in a season where it's not working for you. And it, and and maybe you are in a, in a situation where you can radically change things overnight and that's amazing. And like Sarah said, what's going to come up for you there is, the, are you going to
0: give yourself permission to do that? I think the other element there is it takes quite a lot of confidence and self-belief to keep pursuing those things that you want. And to be willing to take the risk. So you mentioned like you're really good at turning down things that seem like opportunities, but probably aren't that great. A lot of people feel like they have to say yes to everything in their business because they're not sure yet that they can trust their instincts on that or they're not sure what's going to pay off and they worry. It's like that FOMO, it's like business FOMO where you think, oh, if I say no, am I going to miss out on some amazing opportunity that would have transformed everything? And so it takes a really good relationship with yourself, I think, to make those decisions really consciously and then to have your own back and not spend all the time after you've made the decision not to do it going, oh, imagine if I'd done that. That could have been me and all of that noise, which is just beating yourself up. It's like just punching yourself in the face.
1: Well, that's the real work of becoming who we, who our lives and our businesses need us to become, to get to that place where you have a quiet, grounded center within yourself that is your inner compass for everything that comes next. Yes. Because so much of the time it comes from a lack of trust, of not, know, of feeling like other people know what's... I was having a conversation with a client yesterday, and and they were in a really good flow, and then about four people had given them some advice over the past, in between now and our last call, that had really or shared an opinion on their situation with them, which had really pulled them off course. And I shared with them, I said, listen, we've got to find a way to keep you connected to you, because no one else knows what they're talking about more than you do, in your journey, in your situation, and." So many of us, and, I, and this happens to me too, like when everyone else's noise is coming into our inner world, we can just get so lost and yeah. we can spend our life responding to them. And I think it's, um, we think building a business is like marketing and building a pretty website and all that's part of it. There's so much of a personal becoming in the process too, where you know your values, you know what your priorities are, you know what's important to you. So that when something comes in your inbox, a request for your time, it's a, it's, it's 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 easier for you to sense check yes or no in terms of like, what is, does this align with what's important to me? Does this excite me? Is this worth the trade-off of energy? That's always the question I ask myself, because oftentimes I say no to things that would be nice, but it's not worth the trade-off of energy, more than it is to do the
0: other things that would be to do that. Does that make sense? Totally. And then you know that whatever happens, you might see someone else take that opportunity and it turns out to be an amazing thing for them. You still know you made the right decision because it wasn't worth that exchange to you. And I think that is a muscle that we all have to constantly keep building within, not just within our businesses, but within all areas of our life and kind of taking it back to our letter this week. Like a lot of the time when we say yes two things we don't want to do it comes at the expense of the crafting with the kids and the exercise and the walks and those quieter moments that don't make any money that don't seem to have any impact on any grand things in the world but make us happy and it's so easy to slide them down your to-do list when the bigger more obligation type things are popping up so learning to say no to obligations is a really critical skill I think for balancing our lives
1: I had um, a final call with a client this week I actually almost burst into tears when the call ended because you just had those connections sometimes and also it was that moment where I was like I love my business again I'm no longer like going crazy <laughs> like it was this is coming home to myself moment. but she shared to me that the biggest lesson she's learned in this past year of her life of us working on this journey together is that before we started working together she was buying into someone else's version of playing big so she thought playing big looked like building a certain type of business and pursuing certain types of goals and the whole time she was out of alignment with herself doing that. And what she learned within herself is her true joy lived in the simple things that made her happy in her work and her true joy learned in knowing herself and listening to herself and saying yes to herself and protecting her time and her energy in a way she never had done before. And I think this is where the truth lies for many of us in getting really clear on what actually truly lights us up as human beings, because how much of the distractions are shiny pennies, how much of it is things that we think will make us feel whole and things that we think will make us feel good, but really it's the creating something for the pleasure of it, or crafting with your children, or doing like, insert whatever lights you up there, that is actually where the truth lives for you. And so I think it's, you know, the more you feel really connected to what a joyful life looks like for you, the more you're going to have the ability to protect that for yourself and I think that is a big piece of it is how many of us are opting into versions of success or playing big or whatever we want to put there that is not our version it's the version that we just think would make us a more worthwhile human being and I think you know everyone's on a spectrum of I don't like the word ambition I'm just going to use it it's like we're all on a spectrum of the different things we want to achieve and do with our time but I think so much of business sometimes is I had a client say to me once recently and I thought it was fascinating in terms of how many of us must be feeling like this is like they want to feel legitimate mm.
0: in their business
1: and it was interesting of as what. I wonder how many people feel that pressure to feel legitimate and and what are the things that make us feel legitimate? It's usually the shiny pennies and really what everyone is craving is a life that feels like theirs and a life that feels aligned and sometimes there are things in that that are big in the traditional sense but I just think the more you can hold on to the pieces that are really true to you of what shapes joyful work and a joyful life for you and what shapes meaning the more you're going to have the ability to protect it and I think then you don't feel like you're missing out on the shiny pennies and the shiny opportunities because you know what truly matters to you and what doesn't and there's freedom in that
0: I think. And I guess the other part of that is Being really careful about taking too much external advice, I say, on an external advice podcast. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But like, I wonder for the person you mentioned, one of your clients, like she'd she'd had like all that differing advice in the space of a week and maybe it wasn't true, but maybe she'd sort some of that out. Sometimes what we do when we're feeling unsure about our decisions is we look for external validation and we look for, we kind of outsource the final decision to everybody else around us. And then when we don't hear what we want to hear we're put back in that place of conflict and it becomes really easy to ignore your own intuition, your own voice about your business because it's easier to believe that someone else has all the answers. So it's kind of finding that place where if you spot yourself going, oh, I, I need someone else to tell me what to do. That is your calling to actually stop and tell yourself what to do.
1: Also, anyone listening to this who's like, I struggle with this. This is not easy to me. I don't know how, what the hell do you mean? Find my truth, find a home within myself. (laughs) Like, this isn't easy. Like We have been socialized to outsource everything, like every part of our identity and sense of self-worth. That's how capitalism survives. Like, that is how, like... It's okay if you struggle with this and I and I'm really aware that I often sound like someone who finds it really easy and I think it's honestly because of just it's just the way my brain works like I'm a questioner on the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies and I think I'm like an extreme questioner. <laughs> so like I am very aware like I make it sound easy but that's just because that's how my brain works and also like I've had certain life experiences that have made me very like I just don't give a crap about many of the things because I just don't and I think that's just that's not me to say I'm better than you because I'm really not I think it's more to say if you're struggling with this that's okay because everyone's on their own journey and I think it's just just because if this isn't something that comes natural to you it doesn't mean that it's not possible for you it just means that your route to this might look different for you yeah it might look like a different explorative process I just think there's freedom in choosing for ourselves what kind of lives we want to live and what kind of businesses we want to run and I think there's a lot of advice out there telling you how to run your business and what you know I have so many times clients come to me and they're like well I read this thing that said that I need to do this on Instagram every week or I need to do this on Pinterest or I need to do this with my newsletter and I'm like well that's their opinion (laughs)
0: yes Not the truth. I think people get a bit disappointed sometimes in the Insta treat because everything I say, I'm like, if this feels like a good fit for you, then do this or try this. And people are like, no, tell me exactly what to do. But it doesn't work. The reason that we're saying you can't just pick someone else's formula up off the Internet is not just because it won't feel true and it'll burn you out. But it probably won't even work because you have to figure it out for you, for yourself, for your audience, for your content, where the sweet spot is. Are you actually being genuine? And that's when the magic really happens.
1: And freedom looks different for everyone, right? Totally. Like freedom for people with children might look very different to someone who's chosen to be child-free and wants to live a different... Like some people, freedom is having all the time in the world to write their novel. And some people, freedom is having all the time in the world to play, what, what was it, American dolls? I've never <laughs> American
0: dolls. <laughs> some people, freedom is never having to post on Instagram ever again. And for some people, it would be to have hours every day to just post yeah. on Instagram.
1: And I, I think there's a gift in in being brave enough to even just be honest with ourselves about what kind of life we want to live and it's really scary my clients so I'm going to put it in the show notes a link to my uncover your big hearted business mini book and it's kind of getting really clear um I think I like to think of business as like a triangle and there's on each point there's impactful fulfilling sustainable so a business is allowed to do meaningful work in the world that you believe in that you're proud of it's allowed to be joyful and fulfilling for you and the life you want to live and it's allowed to be financially and energetically sustainable and the 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 kind of process I give people to work through is to get really clear on what they want all the pieces of that to look like and the step everyone hates is the plan out you right they love planning out their ideal week they hate planning out their financial goals because they're like well how is this possible with that week and i say at least get clear on what you want to be possible for you on what it would look like to make that possible and then start to climb the mountain towards that the scariest thing in the world sometimes is being honest with ourselves about the kind of life we want to live because then we have to look at what we don't love with what we've got so far yeah or we have to face our own limiting
0: beliefs of what we think is possible for us yeah and Well, I would say, like, if if that resonates with you and you feel like you are someone who doesn't want to open that Pandora's box, actually, you're probably already living with all the negative feelings that you think you're hiding from, because we know when we're not satisfied in our lives. And my goodness, do we know when we're on lockdown? Because as we were saying at the beginning, like, there's no dilution right now. We are all feeling our lives full volume. So actually getting it out in the open and really thinking about what you want, it's kind of like a A space to breathe and when you can see it you can actually start making choices that steer you in that direction yeah because
1: ultimately it comes down to like how you make yourself available to the world for your business and how you make a living and the boundaries you have and the processes you put in place like today's letter writer says like they want to make this change but they're not sure how to change it and the truth is get clear on what you want the change to be And then ask yourself, what would it look like to implement this? And sit with all the fears and beliefs that come up there. and sit with them and face them and then because the actual practicality of it is always easy it's always simple and it's not easy it's simple because you can see what it would look like to make that particular thing possible often sometimes it can be a bit more complicated depending on your business model the complication is facilitating that actually happening because so much gets in the way of us allowing ourselves to do that and also the frustration if it doesn't happen overnight because sometimes it doesn't yeah business is a marathon not a sprint and I used to think I was doing it wrong because it took me time to make big changes. You know, like when my schedule wasn't feeling great, and like it's taken me a year to make this big change to my schedule that I want to make. But the truth is that's the reality of running a business and taking, you know, honoring the commitment you've already made and then making a change. And it's it's okay if things take time. It's also great if it happens overnight too. It's just it's all okay, but it's your it's yours to make whatever you want to make with it. And there is a beautiful thing about leaving the survival stage and entering a different stage. You get to ask yourself different questions.
0: It's just really hard to shift into that mindset when you've been surviving for years and decades. Definitely. I guess the final thing I would say is like, remember, there's a difference between the question, how do I change my business or my life so it's more like this for all the time? And how do I make that change without it being uncomfortable? And nobody can answer the second one because it probably will require some discomfort and some trial and error and some feelings along the way that we prefer not to feel. But once you've had a taste of it, you know it's worth it and you know what you're working towards.
1: You So I in my weekly letter last weekend, I shared that something I've learned recently is that like going after big dreams, hopes, or things you want to do in your life can be disruptive. And we don't like that. No, no. Like, and I learned that through having fertility treatment because, you know, you, like you have this big dream and you you go through this crazy process to make it happen and it completely upends your entire life and your body and your mind, your mental health and everything. And I, I remember I was just in that season, I was just like, oh, this, I, this, can't, this isn't going to be easy. <laughs> this is going to be disruptive and it's going to be uncomfortable. And I, it reminded me of every time I've done anything in my business and every time I've seen my clients go towards their goals and dreams it's disruptive and it's uncomfortable and it makes us face pieces of ourselves that we haven't had to face before and that's the way it is because that's what life asks us as life says I'm not going to make like it's hard for a reason right because it's life and that's not to glorify the hardships of life because I think that's unhealthy in many ways but it's more like oh they say it's hard for a reason and if we we can't ask for comfort when making big change. Brene Brown says, she said something once in a podcast or something, and she was like, oh, she thinks comfort is like the enemy of the human experience right now. Like a searching for comfort is holding us all back because really big things ask for disruption to make them possible.
0: Yeah. And getting comfortable with discomfort means you're able then to show up for anything. There's nothing that you don't go, yeah, bring it on because you know the worst that you can feel is that discomfort that you've already signed on for.
1: Clients sometimes ask me, like, Jen, this really means a lot to me pursuing this goal and this, like, building this business or pursuing this project, but I'm feeling really uncomfortable and, and I, I can't function with that discomfort right now. And what I've seen is can be really beneficial for many of them is find some stability in your life to hold on to that
0: is outside of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Find something where it is comfortable so you can retreat to that when you need a break. Everyone needs a safe space to be
1: themselves to fall apart to ask for help to just recharge and I think it's just you know you can be like the only way I got through this crazy season of my life is because I had like my husband and my family and my friends who like held me up the whole way and I think it's just you one area can be uncomfortable but you can you can even just like watching like crap tv is sometimes what it's like the stability I need in scary times. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, like checking into
1: your imaginary world for a few hours every night. Yeah, I'm sure. I just think don't be afraid. Anyone listening who's like, I want my business to feel more joyful and more stress-free. Don't be afraid to just... The first step is just dream about what you'd like that to look like. Just dream about it and then sit with the dream. And then maybe the next step is to think, well, what would that actually look like? Let's get really specific here. And then that's going to scare you because that's going to seem like a lot of work and a lot of, oh, that's not possible for me. And then sit with it again and start to be like, okay, well, what would be the first step towards getting there? Like, you have to eat it one bite at a time. But if we don't do that uncomfortable
0: work, we stand still. Completely. And then also make sure you're checking in on what you're going to need to believe in order to make all of that happen. Because some of the time we slip into, oh, well, I'd need all of my customers to change. And actually, a lot of the time, what we really need to change is how we feel about our customers.
1: That's so true. Oh, my husband's gonna kill me. He said today. He said do a smaller edit. Sorry,
0: <laughs> sorry, Alex. Thank you, Alex.
1: <laughs> but we, um, yeah, I, I guess we're done. I feel like I've got nothing else left to say.
0: Yeah, let us know what you guys think though and how you're finding your businesses right now. Is it giving you a taste of how things could be or is it more scary and difficult than ever? We would love to hear from you. Our hashtag is Dear Hopeful Creative on Twitter and on Instagram and we are accepting letters for future episodes. So if you would like our help with anything that's going on in your creative business life right now, you can go to our website, lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and submit a new letter to us there.
1: And thank you so much for listening today. I hope you're all safe and well. And yeah, just come and send us any questions if you've got any because we are
0: loving recording the show again. But yeah, thank you for listening. Have a good week. You can join us at lessersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at jencarrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.